Well, good Sunday evening. I thank you for joining us with our online service tonight. Uh, I enjoy these Front Range Baptists online on Sunday night. I hope that you do too. I trust that you invite others to come and watch with you. Uh, maybe tonight you're with your Adult Bible Fellowship or whoever you um, are fellowshipping with tonight. And we're thankful that you have the opportunity to join with us. Get your Bibles out. Gather everyone that you have there together. And we're going to be opening our Bibles tonight to the book of 1 Samuel and find chapter 14. On Sunday nights, we're going through pictures in courage, and we're looking at what it means to be a courageous Christian. The Lord told us, be strong in the Lord and of good courage. You know, there's a lot of courageous people in the world that do a lot of wonderful things, but there's a difference between just human courage and good courage that comes from God. It's a godly courage for godly things, and we want to be godly Christians in godly, uh, with godly courage. And so my heart is to strengthen all of us in courage. And so we've been looking at pictures of courage every Sunday night, and we've looked at a number of Bible characters, and tonight is no different. We're in 1 Samuel chapter 14. 1 Samuel chapter 14. Now, the Israelites, they wanted a king, and they had been through this long period of having the judges, and uh, every man did that which was right in their own eyes, and then God would come and judge them, and they would fall under some chastening of the enemy, and then they would cry out to God, and God would send a deliverer. And this was a pattern repeated over and over and over again for so many years. You can read about it in the book of Judges. And after the death of Eli and his boys, Hophni and Phinehas, and there was during the reign of the prophet Samuel, the men of Israel came to Samuel and said, we want a king. And it really grieved the heart of Samuel. And he went to the Lord about it. And God said, Samuel, they haven't rejected you. They're rejecting me. They're rejecting the theocracy of God being the king of his people, that God would lead his people. And they're wanting to go after the other nations and do what the kingdoms around them are doing. And he said, so let's get them a king. And you'll notice that God allowed Samuel to meet a young man of the tribe of Benjamin, a son of Kish, whose name was Saul. And Samuel anointed this man who was head and shoulders above all the people. He was a goodly young man. He had all the external qualities that you would think of in a king. But he was missing so much. And Saul had such great opportunity. God gave him a new heart. God put his spirit upon him. You can read all about that in Saul's early days. And he was leaning heavily on, uh, Saul, uh, on Samuel for direction. But there came a point when Samuel became disobedient to God. And he began to walk in his own mind and his own understanding. Boy, that's a dangerous place to be. The book of Proverbs tells us to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. Lean not to our own understanding. In all our ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct our paths. And then he says in verse number 6 of that passage of Scripture in, Isaiah, in Proverbs 3, and be not wise in your own eyes. And I think that's what happened with, with Saul. Saul began to lean to his own understanding. He began to see things as Saul could see them, and he, he forgot to go to God. And you'll notice this very clearly in living color in chapter 13. And I won't take time to read all of this, but in chapter 13, uh, Saul had been reigning for just a short while. 
Saul had gathered a great army of men. Over 300,000 men had come and gathered with him. And uh, there was a war against the Philistines in, in chapter 13. And Jonathan smote the garrison of the Philistines. That was in Geba. And the Philistines heard of it. And Saul blew the trumpet throughout all the land saying, Let the Hebrews hear. And he, um, he began to talk about how Israel had slain these uh, garrison of the Philistines. And really, Saul blew the trumpet and kind of took the credit. And it really wasn't Saul's credit to take. Jonathan is the one that went forward in faith and, uh, and defeated this garrison. But you'll find out later that the Philistines regathered themselves and said, hey, we're not going to let these Hebrews beat us. They regathered themselves. And in verse number 6 of chapter 13, when the men of Israel saw that they were in a strait, for the people were distressed, then the people did hide themselves in caves and in thickets and in rocks and in high places and in pits. And some of the Hebrews went over the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. And listen, there were, there were people deserting the army. The people were hiding because of this new threat of the Philistines as they gathered to fight the people of God. And the Bible tells us clearly that Saul was told to tarry in a place that God told him and to wait there for seven days. And he tarried seven days according to the set time that Samuel had appointed, but Samuel came not to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. So Samuel didn't come when he saw thought he should come. And he was waiting. He, he was given instructions to wait there, but Samuel never showed. Now I can tell you this, that Samuel was not trying to sabotage uh, King Saul's reign. Samuel had no, he had no favor in this for himself. There was no win for Samuel if Saul were to lose. Uh, and so this was something that God was doing to test the faith of Saul. But Saul was failing drastically in this test of faith. He wouldn't wait. He wouldn't wait. And so what does he do? In verse number 9, as he sees people scattering from him and he's losing the army, Saul says, bring hither burnt offering to me and peace offerings. And he offered the burnt offering. And it came to pass, as soon as he had made the end of an offering, the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came. Saul went out to meet him and and he thought he might salute him. And Samuel said, what hast thou done? What have you done? What did you offer a sacrifice for? And Saul gave an excuse. And he said that, uh, he said, I saw the people were scattered from me. And you came not within the days appointed. And the Philistines were gathered together. He said, I saw everybody leaving. You weren't coming. And the Philistines were gathering. And so I decided to take matters in my own hands and offer a sacrifice. And can I tell you what we're seeing here? And I don't want to belabor the whole point about Saul because I want to get to a brief message about his son Jonathan and the courage that he faced and that he showed and demonstrated and courage that we must learn from tonight. But Saul was made king in Israel and God allowed there to be a king. But listen very carefully. God desired a king for his people that had a shepherd's heart. And Saul had no shepherd's heart. Saul was... Uh, the son of Kish, a man who had raised donkeys, and those donkeys had gotten away from him, and Saul went out to find them, and Saul couldn't even find the donkeys. And you'll find that that became really a precursor to the, to the reign of Saul. He was constantly a man who was chasing the problem, and he was not shepherding the people. And Saul was not a shepherd. 
And soon, Saul began to face the problems of his kingdom with cowardice and fear. He began to walk in unbelief. He began to believe the wrong things. He thought that the sacrifice of a king at the wrong time would be just as good as the sacrifice of a priest at the right time. And he totally missed miss the whole issue of God's plan for the king and for the priest. And Saul entered into an office he was not meant to be in, and he was walking by sight, and he was walking in his own understanding and not in faith with God. And so he, you'll see from here that now the people were hiding themselves. They were all hiding away from the Philistines. And Saul was not supposed to be hiding from the Philistines. He was supposed to be fighting the Philistines. The Bible tells us in 1 Samuel chapter 9 and verse 16, the Bible said to Sam, the Lord said to Samuel, uh, he said, tomorrow about this time I will send thee a man out of the land of Benjamin and thou shalt anoint him to be the captain over my people Israel and he shall save many people out of the hand of the Philistines for I have looked upon my people because their cry is come unto me. Did you see that? He was going to save my people from the hand of the Philistines. That was the whole purpose that Saul was going to be anointed to do, to, to be in a perpetual fight to bring Israel in victory over the Philistines. And now what was he doing? He was hiding from the Philistines and he was losing his army because Saul was not walking by faith and obedience to God. But Jonathan was not going to go along with this idea of hiding out in the woods. He was going to go take matters into his own hands. So look at chapter 14 and verse number 1. Now it came to pass upon a day that Jonathan the son of Saul said, Unto the young man that bare his armor, come and let us go over to the Philistines' garrison that is on the other side. But he told not his father. Now, I believe that Jonathan didn't tell his father because he didn't trust him. He knew that Saul was not thinking properly. Saul would have said, Jonathan, you can't go. It's too dangerous. Uh, you can't go by yourself. And he would have tried to deter Jonathan from going because he was a man not living by faith. And so Jonathan said, I'm not telling my father. I'm just going to go. And Saul tarried in the uttermost part of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree, which is in Migron. And the people that were with him were about 600 men. And Ahi, the son of Ahitub, Ichabod's brother, the son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh, wearing an ephod. And the people knew not that Jonathan was gone. And between the passages by which Jonathan sought to go over unto the Philistines' garrison, there was a sharp rock on the one side and a sharp rock on the other side. The name of one was Bozes, and the name of the other was Sinna. Now, the name Bozes is loosely translated to mean slippery. And the name Sinna is translated loosely to mean thorny. This is a narrow passage of two great cliffs that go up, and Jonathan was slipping between these two rocks. One was slippery, one was thorny. These were sheer cliffs. I've seen pictures of them. They were sheer cliffs there by Michmash. And Jonathan and his armor bearer slipped in there. And the forefront of the one was sitting northward over against Michmash and the other southward over against Gibeah. Jonathan said to the young man that bare his armor, Come and let us go over unto the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. 
And his armor bearer said unto him, Do all that is in thy heart. Turn thee according. Uh, and he said, Behold, I am with thee according to thy heart. That's one thing that Jonathan's armor bearer saw in Jonathan. He saw his heart. He saw his heart of courage. And he was strengthened and encouraged by Jonathan's courage. And you know that's what courage does. Courage in me will encourage you. And courage in you will encourage me. And friend, that's why you and I as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ need to be walking in good courage today. Why? Because courageous men are contagious. And courage will spread to God's people. And Jonathan was not going to sit under that tree with his father. He was not going to hide in the caves with the army. He was certainly not going to slip away and go away from the battle. Jonathan said, I'm going to see what God may do. And oh, this is a wonderful message of the courage of Jonathan. He's a picture of courage to us. Let me give you a couple things about Jonathan's courage here. Number one, Jonathan's courage was seen in the fact that, first of all, he was not deterred by obstacles. He was not deterred by obstacles. The Bible tells us here that where he went was between these two great rocks. These were two great, these were two great cliffs. One was very slippery. One was full of thorns and obstacles. But Jonathan said, we're going to do this. Now, let me tell you what he did. Jonathan went and he went to this garrison and the Bible says in verse number 11 that both of them discovered themselves under the garrison of the Philistines. They went up, by the way, they went up hand over hand. They climbed these cliffs and then they made themselves known to the Philistines. And the Philistines said, behold, the Hebrews come forth out of the holes where they have hid themselves. He said, look at these like bugs from behind, under the rock. They're coming out to us. And the Bible says the men of the garrison answered Jonathan and his armor bearer and said, come up to us and we will show you a thing. <laughs> they didn't know God was about to show them a thing. And Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come up after me, for the Lord hath delivered them into the hand of Israel. Now, I like this. And the Bible says that Jonathan climbed up on his hands and upon his feet and his armor bearer after him. And they fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer slew after him. Let me tell you, they went, they climbed Hand over hand, foot after foot, they climbed this cliff and they made themselves known and the Philistines said, come up here and we'll show you something. And Jonathan and his armor climbed the cliff and when they got into the garrison, they fell on those Philistines. And just like that, 20 of those men were dead and God caused a great confusion among the Philistines. They began to kill themselves. Some of the other Israelites came from the sidelines and they came out to join in the battle and they saw that all the Philistines were in such disarray and confusion, they were killing each other. And this was a great miracle that God was doing in, in, this, in this battle, all by the, the courage and the faith of Jonathan. And now, where did this faith start? Jonathan was not deterred by the obstacles. And can I tell you today, I think so oftentimes... We as believers in our own lives get our eyes on the problems. We get our eyes on the things that stand between us and victory and we magnify the problems and we, we let them take on a life of their own and become bigger than they are and we see these things as obstacles to victory. And Jonathan did not see the obstacles uh, in his way. Jonathan climbed. He put his hands to those obstacles. He put his feet to those obstacles. And he used those obstacles to go up and to win a great victory. And may I tell you that oftentimes God will put obstacles in your way. And those obstacles are really opportunities. 
Those obstacles are there for you to climb by faith. Listen, that stone that God has placed in your way, that is not a stumbling stone. That's a stepping stone. That's for you to get up on. That's for you to climb up on top and to fight your battles. Listen, don't look at all the problems. Get your eyes off of all the obstacles in life. Don't tell yourself in your heart of all the reasons why it can't be done. Get your eyes on God and get your eyes on the victory and then go after it. You know, that's exactly what happened to Israel way back in the beginning. They sent the spies in the land and the spies saw how big the giants were. The spies saw how big the walls were. And they saw all these things that stood between them and all of the blessings of the land of promise. And I want to tell you, they let their obstacles take on a life of its own and their obstacles blocked them from the blessings of God. Their obstacles pulled the clouds over God's sunshine. But Jonathan didn't do that. Jonathan had courage to see these obstacles as nothing more than just the opportunities to get to the enemy. And he climbed these cliffs. He used this slippery place. He used this thorny place to go up into the garrison of the Philistines. Listen, your obstacles today may be the very thing that God is using to build your faith. It's the very obstacle that God may be using to put the enemy in dismay. Hey, listen, I don't think the Philistines ever thought that they would come up over that cliff and come into their garrison and begin to fight. But I'll tell you, they did. Jonathan did not get deterred by the obstacles. Hey, can I tell you, when you see the obstacles in life, be determined by God's grace to go forward. Don't let the obstacles stop you. Number two, Jonathan was confident in God. He was confident in God. Look at verse number six. The Bible says, And Jonathan said to the young man that bare his armor, Come and let us go over unto the garrison of these uncircumcised. Now watch this. It may be that the Lord will work for us. Now watch what he said. For there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. <laughs> You know, he had full confidence in God's ability to do the work with them or without them, with one of them or with both of them or with 300,000. God didn't need an army of 300,000. Remember, with Gideon, he only needed 300. God can do a work with many or with few. All it took one day was one shepherd boy with a sling and some stones to go down and face the giant and beat the Philistines again. And God doesn't need many. God just needs you. God needs somebody who will walk by faith. Jonathan's courage came not from his own abilities. His confidence and his courage came from faith in God. He saw what God could do. He wasn't looking at what Jonathan could do. He was looking at what God to do. God is not restrained. God can save with many or with few. And I want to tell you, there are many Christians today who are cowarding in fear before this wicked world. And we're seeing this onslaught of the culture today. We're seeing the abundance of sin. We're seeing a, a violent culture. We're seeing a perverse culture. We're seeing an antagonistic culture against faith and against God. And many Christians are intimidated and we're looking around and we're trying to bring as many people with us. We, we think we have to have some moral majority to win the victory. Listen, you may not get the majority. It just may be you and God. And friend, that's enough of a majority for a great victory. 
Jonathan saw the confidence of God. What is the victory that overcomes the world? Faith. Faith is the victory that overcomes all of the world. Let the whole world come against us, and you give me one person who can stand in faith with God, and that person can win the victory and win the battle. You can do it. You can do it with faith. Listen, I have seen the faith of God. I have seen, I have seen faith in the Lord and what it can do. I, I believe Jonathan had it in his heart. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. God is not restrained. God has no constraints on him. Listen, God's not in, in, in panic over what's going on in the world. God is not in panic of what we're facing as a culture. He's looking for some people of courage who have faith in him and confidence in him and he'll do a great work. I remember when I was a young teenager, I was, I was going to preach my first sermon. And I was scared to death. I'd gone over it and over it. I'd practiced it in the mirror. I'd prayed over it. I'd studied over it. I was preaching at the Laurel Manor Nursing Home. I was preaching a message entitled, Senior Citizens Serving the Savior. And I was going to preach about Moses being 80 years old and God using him. I was going to preach about Abraham and Sarah being 190 and God doing a great work with him. I was going to preach about Caleb being 80 years old and taking a mountain of giants. I was going to preach about how God could take senior citizens and use them in a mighty way. And I was excited about the message, but I was, I was uh, of course, filled with fear and trepidation. And I remember as I was getting ready to leave that night, my mother and father sat me down. And I remember my dad saying, son, you're going to preach tonight, and I'm proud of you, and I'm praying for you. We want God to use you. And I'll never forget, dad read a verse or quoted a verse to me, saw Isaiah 41 and verse 10. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For I, the Lord thy God, am with thee, and I will hold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. And you know, that verse became an anchor in my life. I will not fear, I will not be dismayed, for God is with me. And God's going to go with me into this battle. And I believe that's what Jonathan was facing. Jonathan was looking at these things, and he said, I believe that God is not restrained. And God doesn't need a whole army. He just needs a couple of men who will believe him. And we're going to go in and face him. Jonathan's courage was found, first of all, in the fact that he was not deterred by the obstacles. Jonathan's courage was seen clearly in the fact that he had confidence in God. And I want to say this. Jonathan's courage was seen in the fact that his, his courage was seen as faith in God's ability and not his own ability. You say, what do you mean? Look at what I'm saying here in verse 6. He said, come, let us go over unto the garrison of these uncircumcised. Now watch this. It may be. It may be that the Lord will work for us. Now, he was not going up there in his own ability. He was going in faith, relying on the Lord. Now, we already learned that he had confidence in God. But this is an important point because what this point highlights here is that Jonathan was not in one way, shape, or form, not one inkling of an ounce, confident and courageous in his own ability. He was courageous in God's ability. For he said, watch this, it may be that the Lord will work for us. 
It just might be that God will do this. If we'll step out by faith, we'll see what God will do. Now, can I tell you, friend, listen, this is what Jonathan was saying to his armor bearer. If God doesn't show up, we're going to die. Because you and I have no ability to face this foe. You and I have no strength to overcome this great army of Israel. But it may be that if we act in faith, God will do his part. And can I tell you what this tells me? It tells me that, Josh, that, that Jonathan's confidence was not arrogance. And this is so important because God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. God is against those that go in their own might. Do you not remember what the prophet said? The prophet told the people, it is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Listen, this is why God didn't want Gideon to go with a great army. This is why God didn't want uh, David to go in Saul's armor. This is why God uses the, the simple things and the foolish things to confound the wise, and God uses the weak things to do mighty things. Why? Then it's all of faith, and it's all of God, and God gets the glory. You see, God doesn't want you to sit in a corner and pep talk yourself and to get yourself worked up in your own abilities and your own strength and your own courage and your own confidence to go out in your own way to win the war. If you do that, you're going to fall flat on your face and you're going to find yourself in great defeat. What God wants you to do, friend, and what God wants me to do is he wants us to walk in faith. He wants us to walk in courage. And he wants us to go in his name where he leads us. And it just may be that God will show up and God will do the work because the battle is the Lord's. Now, I'll tell you, Saul was failing as a king. It hurts my heart to read these chapters that follow this story because we see the great demise of this goodly king Saul as he is rejected and God removes him from the throne. It hurts my heart to see a man who had everything in the world going for him but he had no courage. He had no faith in God. But oh, listen, his son Jonathan, he took a hold of God's promise and he went and had great victory. And I want to tell you, we can do the same thing today. You can have great victory in your life if you walk by faith. Don't let the obstacles deter you. Have confidence in God. Don't walk in pride. Have faith in God. And he will do the work for you. Father, I pray that you'll bless this message. Lord, as simple as it may seem, this is a message that is so profound for your people that we would walk in faith, that we would walk in confidence and courage in this world. Lord, may we be strong in the Lord and ever courageous. Give us faith that overcomes. I pray that you'll help us with our obstacles, help us with our weaknesses, Help us with our fears, not to be dismayed, but knowing that you fight for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, church.